like to take this opportunity to welcome all of you to our continuation of online services. And I want to give you a ray of hope today that on the 24th of this month in May, we're uh, making plans to reopen our campus, uh, 8.30 and 10.30. And uh, we're reconfiguring the worship center and some other uh, ways to put people in a safe distance and still being able to meet here on the campus. So that's coming on the 24th. I can say honestly that I miss you, uh, your people being in the audience and being able to associate with you face to face. And on the 24th, uh, we plan to be back together here. Until then, we're going to make the best of what we have, and that is what we're doing today. I wonder how many sermons have been preached on the prodigal son, or some people call it the lost son. It's interesting that the Gospel of Luke is the only gospel that records this remarkable story of Jesus. I want to approach the story today from a very unique perspective. In fact, as I begin today, I want you to imagine this story as a set of steps a stairway. In fact, I've titled the message today, The Lost Son Stairway. It's a story about a younger brother. And I want you to notice that, that word, younger brother. It's a story about a younger brother who chooses to depart from his father and thus begins a step-by-step <clears throat> -step journey down into what I'm going to call today the pit of despair and great loss. It's like a stairway going down and down and down. That's not the reason why the story is so often preached. Not because there's a stairway of a son, a younger brother, who leaves the father and starts going down and down and down. That's not why it's preached so much. That pit of despair and great loss at the bottom of that stairway is followed by a different set of steps, a different stairway, a stairway home to his father. That's why this story is so often preached. When I was studying this lost son event in the Gospel of Luke, I was reminded of another significant stairway event that also included a younger brother. Can you guess which story I'm referring to? I'll give you a hint. It's in the Old Testament. I hope you've been watching this past two weeks because I'm connecting the dots. In fact, I'm convinced the Holy Spirit's doing it in my own heart, connecting the dots between these Old Testament stories and the New Testament revelations of Jesus. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I preached on Daniel chapter 9 and this 70 sets of seven that Daniel chapter 9 talks about that will reveal the anointed one. And then Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew talks about this same number of 490, and I labeled it the 490 mercy moment, an Old Testament 490 and a New Testament 490. And now we've got an Old Testament younger brother and a stairway and a New Testament younger brother and a stairway. 
connecting the dots. It's all connected together. Everything in the Word of God is revealing eventually Jesus. You see, the Old and the New Testament set of dots, both with younger brothers, and both have departed from the Father. This Old Testament younger brother stairway type event took place almost 2,000 years before Jesus' lost son story. This Old Testament stairway event happened to a man named Jacob. You've heard the story of Jacob's ladder, Jacob's stairway. Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. So let's start today with this Jacob's stairway to heaven story in order to set the stage and connect the dots to Jesus' lost son stairway. Jacob is a younger brother, and he has just deceived his father Isaac into giving him the blessing. And when his older brother Esau finds out, Jacob runs for his life. Jacob is actually running from the death threats of his older brother Esau. But his actions have caused him to depart. This is important. His actions, his departure, has caused him to depart from his father Isaac. Jacob is running from the very source of the blessing. The thing that he wanted the most, the blessing of his father Isaac, now he's running away from the source of that blessing, the father's blessing. While on the run, Jacob experiences another father. Not Isaac, God the Father, and a stairway to heaven. The lost son stairway. So let's go to Genesis chapter 28, and let's lay the foundation of this lost son stairway from the Old Testament story of Jacob. Verse 10. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp, and he stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed a stairway, a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down on this stairway to heaven. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Now, Jacob's encounter with God reveals a stairway to heaven. Remember, Jacob's name will eventually be changed to what? Israel. There were angels on this stairway going up and going down. It travels both ways, both directions. God the Father is at the top of this stairway, and the Lord speaks to Jacob from the top of the stairs. The Lord speaks to Jacob from this stairway to heaven. 
And the Lord confirms to Jacob that all of the covenant promises that had been given to his grandfather Abraham now belong to you, Jacob. And God tells Jacob that the ground he's laying on now belongs to him and his future family, his children, his descendants. It's all a gift from God, announced from the stairway to heaven. And all the covenant promises of God will go through Jacob. This is important because there's an older brother, Esau. All the covenant promises of God will go through Jacob and Jacob's seed, Jacob's lineage, and and it's going to go to all the nations of the world, and that's Jew and Gentile alike. And there's more. Remember Jacob, the younger brother, in this scene, as he sees the stairway to heaven, he's unmarried. He's a younger brother. He's unmarried without children at this point. Verse 14, your descendants. He's unmarried. He has no children. And God is announcing the future. Your descendants will be numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and all the families of the earth. You and I would be recipients of this promise that was given from the stairway into heaven. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants, Jacob, Israel. The stairway to heaven thing was hard enough to grasp. But now this single man, all alone and on the run, is going to be the person through which the whole world will know God and receive his blessing. But how is this possible? Jacob is all alone. Jacob is running for his life. The how, how is this possible? This one guy, he doesn't, he's not married, he doesn't have any children, and yet all these promises have just been delivered from the top of heaven's stairway to this guy who happens to be running for his life. The how is revealed in this next verse. And I've got to tell you, this has great application even for us today. The how, the blessing and the lost son stairway. Verse 15. I am with you. How? What's more, I am with you, Jacob, and I will protect you, Jacob, wherever you go. And one day, I will bring you back, Jacob, to this land, and I will not leave you, Jacob, until I have finished giving you, Jacob, everything I have promised you. That's the how. Why does this have great application today? Because it was through this encounter that all the nations on the earth— All the people future on the earth were going to know God and the promises of God and the covenant of God. God's plan of salvation will be revealed through Jacob, Israel. That's the how, what? I am with you. Does that still have power today? 
There's the powerful truth. What was the truth? I will protect you wherever you go. Does that have application today? I am with you. I'll protect you wherever you go. And there's the future hope and the blessing of all mankind. What? I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I've promised you. That's our promise today, not just Jacob's. So how would you like to have that dream? That's a pretty remarkable encounter with God. How would you like to have that dream? What would it be like to wake up from that dream? To have had a revelation from God. And the revelation ends specifically with this. A personal from the top of heaven stairway announcement from God. What? I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. I will not leave you until I finish giving you everything I've promised you. How reassuring would that be? But there's one more part of this stairway story I want to show you before we move to Jesus' lost son story in the Gospel of Luke. One more big thing. Verse 26. And then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. Surely the Lord is in this place. You see, Jacob didn't know about the stairway to heaven when he laid down that night. He had no idea that he was about to encounter God. He had no idea that right next to him was a stairway going into heaven, up and down. Angels are traveling, and God's going to make an announcement. Jacob didn't know that the Lord was in that place. Jacob thought he was all alone, running for his life. There's a lot that can happen when you don't know the Lord is in this place. He is with you. There's a lot you can miss when you don't know (laughs) the Lord is in this place. Now, with that foundation and that stairway revealed, we can go to another stairway, the lost son stairway of Jesus. This stairway is more symbolic than literal, but Jesus' story of the lost son reveals a way to go up and a way to go down. That's what stairways do. You do it step by step, decision by decision, thus the stairway event. This time in Jesus' story, these steps don't go up into heaven, not originally. In Jesus' story, these steps go down to the grave, down to what I'm going to call the pit of despair and great loss. The steps in the beginning of this story, they don't walk toward God. They walk away from God. These steps don't go up. They go down, at least in the beginning of Jesus' story. They go down and down and down. Jesus' parable of the lost son describes a step-by-step departure from the Father. You need to understand, this entire parable of Jesus is about a step-by-step departure from the Father. A stairway to despair and great loss. To fully understand Jesus' parable of the lost son, you must put the story in the total 
context of Luke 15. You cannot just read this story because Jesus connects this story to the previous stories in Luke 15. So let's do that just briefly. First, the parable of the lost sheep is in Luke 15. And I'll just kind of give you the highlights. In the parable of the lost sheep, Jesus describes the shepherd who leaves 99 sheep, because they're not lost, to go find the one sheep that is lost. And then Jesus says this at the end of the lost sheep story, when the lost sheep leave the 99, go find the one, has been found. Let's go to Luke 15, verse 6. And we're trying to build the foundation of the parable of the lost son. Verse 6, when he arrives, he will call together his friends. Now, he's found the lost one. When he arrives, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found that one. I found that lost sheep, that one. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now, what's he saying? In this story, he says, the rejoicing in heaven happens when the lost have found their way home. Now, that's the foundation he's going to use when he gets to the lost son story. Do you see a stairway yet? One sheep has taken this stairway down into the pit of despair and great loss, departing from the shepherd, and that sheep is lost until someone goes and finds that lost sheep. There is joy at the top of heaven's stairway when the lost sheep is found. In the same way, here's what Jesus says, in the same way, there's more joy in heaven over the lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 who are righteous, <clears throat> and they haven't strayed away. <clears throat> and then Jesus tells the parable of the lost coin, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. So let's look at the lost coin. It's a story of a—it's a stairway to heaven event revealed again. The woman has lost her coin, but after great effort, she finds it, and she rejoices. Let's go to verse 9. And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost coin in the same way. Jesus is connecting all three of these stories together. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels. Why is he bringing up angels over a lost sheep? Why is he bringing up angels over a lost coin? Why is he—and what's Jacob's stairway event? There's angels on the stairway going up and down toward heaven as God makes his covenant promises to Jacob. Verse 10 again, in the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when one sinner, one person, you mean God's attention can be focused on the salvation of one person, one lost coin, one lost sheep? Angels are going to celebrate just because one? Yeah. The angels on the stairway are rejoicing again. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the angels are rejoicing. 
The lost sheep and the lost coin both deal with the departure, a separation from that which is right, a separation from that which is true. And both stories end with what? Both stories end with repentance that leads to rejoicing in heaven. I see angels rejoicing on Jacob's stairway when I read this story. And now Jesus opens up the lost son story, and the symbolic stairway is going to appear again. But this story doesn't begin with a stairway to heaven. No, not stairs going up to God. You know the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin. Someone has taken the wrong stairway. They've separated themselves from the Father, from the source of truth. This story begins with the stairway going down, away from the Father, down into the pit of despair and great loss. Verse 11, the story begins. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. Now, he's just told them the lost sheep and the lost coin. To illustrate the story, the point further, Jesus tells them this story. A man had two sons, and a young, the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. That sounds like Jacob's story in the Old Testament. Jacob wanted his share before the father Isaac dies. In the, the father of Jesus, the father in Jesus' story agrees to give the blessed inheritance to the rebellious younger son. And Jesus is connecting all three of the lost stories when he says this. To illustrate the point further, this means Jesus is connecting the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. All three are making the same point. And then he says, a man had two sons. The older son is the natural heir. Do you remember Esau was the older son, the natural heir? Can you see the lost son stairway yet? Stay with me. Jacob in the Old Testament is running away from his father Isaac and running away from the blessing that had previously been offered to him by his father. But how can you receive the promised blessing of your father if you're on the run, if you're departing from the father? How do you get the blessing while you're running away from the father? And while running in the Old Testament, Jacob finds a stairway. So what about this younger son in Jesus' story? And what does this have to do with the stairway? Stairways have steps, and you take them one at a time. The younger son in Jesus' story is about to take his first step away from the father. And what was this first step? Away from the father. I call it selfishness. It is the first step in the stairway that leads to despair and great loss. The first step is when your will, listen carefully, the first step in this departure from the Father is when your will takes precedent over the will of the Father and others. This is the first step, listen carefully, toward the pit of despair 
and great loss going down and down and down and down. This is the first step toward a self-centered life. Notice the younger son's next step. I want you to picture a life that is walking downward and away from the Father one step at a time. He doesn't realize it. He doesn't know that he's departing from the Father, going deeper and deeper and deeper into the pit of despair and great loss. Verse 13, here comes the next step. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and he moved to a distant land. And there he, there he wasted all his money and wild living. This next step is called separation. If the first step is self-centered life, the second step is called separation. That's what steps on a stairway do. One step at a time, you separate yourself from your original location, further and further away from the starting point. Self-centered has now led to separation. And they both are walking toward the pit of despair and great loss. And now the younger son in Jesus' story is in a distant land, far away from the father, self-centered, and now he is separated. But he's on the stairway downward to the pit of despair and great loss. He just doesn't know it yet because why? Because as of right now, it still feels good. As of right now, it looks like fun. It looks like independence. It looks like a good choice. What is the next step on the stairway to despair and great loss? Reality. Verse 14. About the, about the time his money ran out, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve. Step by step by step, he's departing from the Father. He's gone from a self-centered life now to separation from the Father, and now reality has taken hold. Reality is when you notice how far you have fallen, how far you have traveled from home, how far you are now from the Father. These steps, this stairway isn't going up, they're going down, down into the pit of despair and great loss. But there's one more step to the bottom. What is this last step in the pit of despair and great loss? All alone, loneliness. You find that your self-centered life has brought you to a place where you're all alone. That's what you find at the bottom of the stairway to the pit of despair and great loss, absolute loneliness. Verse 15, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one, notice the phrase, no one. Gave him anything. 
Self-centered to separation to reality to all alone. Four steps to the pit of despair and great loss. All alone with nothing. This is the bottom, the pit of the stairway to spare, despair and great loss. All alone with nothing. What did you think was going to be at the end of your travel away from the Father? All alone with nothing. Reality. Why do you think Jesus is telling this remarkable story? And why would anyone take this set of steps? Why would anyone willfully choose to start work walking step by step by step downward into the pit of despair and great loss away from the Father? Why? How do you get from the Father's house to being all alone in this pit of despair? One step at a time. One step at a time. You're going the wrong way. One step at a time, you're going the wrong way. It's the wrong set of steps. A self-centered life is where it begins. That was the first step. What did he say to the Father? Give me what I want. Give me my, give me, me, me. It's a self-centered life. He has no respect for the Father. He has no respect for the older brother. He has no respect for anyone except himself. Give me what I want. The self-centered goes to separation, to reality, to all alone. Step by step on a downward stairway into the pit of despair and great loss. And sometimes, and for a while, these self-centered steps, let's be honest, sometimes and for a while, they feel good. It's pleasurable. It's fun. It's exciting. But the steps aren't going up. They're going down. They're not going toward the Father. They're going away from the Father. These steps go the wrong way. So what do you do when you find yourself in the pit of despair and great loss, knowing that your foolish choices and your self-centered life have put you in the pit of despair and great loss, and you're all alone? And you don't like it. And reality has come home, and your eyes are open. What do you do? What do you do when you find yourself all alone with nothing, no hope, no future, in a pit? That's why Jesus is telling the story. And that's why this story is directly connected to the lost sheep, and that's why this story is directly connected to the lost coin. That's why Jesus is telling the story. Not to not to belittle us because we've taken steps down into the pit. That's not the reason he's telling the story. He wants to show us what to do when you find yourself in that pit of despair and great loss. And, and before I move on, and what if you saw somebody else in the pit of despair and great loss? Maybe, maybe you're not in there. Maybe you used to live in the pit of despair and great loss, and you turned around and took the steps up out of the pit. But what if someone else you know and love is in the pit now? That's why Jesus is telling the story. That's your chance to tell them about another stairway. I call it the lost son stairway. 
This one goes up. This one takes you back to the Father. And like Jacob, this is the stairway to heaven. And what can we learn about the father of the lost son and the stairway of Jacob to help us understand this parable of Jesus and the pit of despair and great loss? The father is at the top of the stairway, and he's communicating hope, and he's telling you the way out of the pit. The father is at the top of the stairway, and he makes promises of freedom and reconciliation to those who are in the pit. Jacob, in the Old Testament, the younger brother, what was he doing? He was running from the father when he found this stairway to heaven. Jesus' lost son story was also a younger brother running from the father when he finds this stairway to heaven. In Jacob's pit of despair moment, all the covenant promises of God and the stairway were revealed to him. He came to his senses, right? Sound familiar? And what did Jacob say? In that all-alone moment of truth revealed from the top of the stairway by the Father. What did Jacob say? Let's go back to Genesis 28, 16. And then Jacob, Jacob awoke from his sleep. And what does he say in this moment of truth? Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't aware of it. He's here. Sometimes that's how it works. It's when you're all alone in the pit of despair and great loss that you realize maybe for the very first time in your life, what? What Jacob learned, surely the Lord is in this place. And I'm not aware of it. Jacob, the younger brother, thought he needed to use deceit to get the wealth of the father. But the blessings of the father were there all along. The younger brother in Jesus' story thought he had to walk away from the Father to find his blessed life, right? In Jesus' story, what did the younger brother think? He had to walk away. I got to get away from the Father to experience life. I got to get away from the Father to receive the blessings of my future life. Both Jacob and Jesus' younger brother example found God while they were all alone. They both find God while they're all alone in despair and great loss. Let's be honest and face reality here. That's where all lost people live. In the pit of despair and great loss. They just don't know it yet because their provision has not yet run out. But it will one day. The pit of despair and great loss is a picture. Listen to me. All lost people are in the pit of despair and great loss. This story of the prodigal son, the lost son, Jacob, they connect because they were at a point when they were all alone and they were lost. They'd lost everything. It seems like everything's gone. They're running from the source of truth itself, the source of the blessing.
This pit of despair and great loss is a picture of the grave. And there's only one way to get out of that pit. And there's only one way to get out of the grave. And it's the place where all lost people find themselves. In the pit. It's a picture of the grave. You must turn toward the Father. That's why Jesus is telling the story. This is the most beautiful part of Jacob and Jesus' story. The Father's love is revealed. The Father's love is revealed when you're all alone and when you're in the pit of despair and great loss. At the bottom of the staircase where the lost people live is where God reveals himself. This is why Jesus tells the story. Verse 17. Verse 17. When he finally came to his senses, this is the lost son in the pit of despair, eating pig food. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. He came to his senses. He's in the pit, okay? The pit is a picture of the grave itself. I'll go home. I'll turn around and go home. This is one of the most beautiful scenes in the Bible. Do you know why I would say that? The one at the top of the stairs says there's great rejoicing in heaven when a one person leaves the pit, turns around, and heads toward home. I don't know why that had never hit me before, but it hits me even now. There's rejoicing in heaven when one person in the pit, in the grave, away from the Father, turns, looks toward the Father, and says, I'll go home. What are the angels doing on the stairway when it happens? They're rejoicing. The lost coin, the lost sheep, what's he say? The angels are rejoicing when one turns toward home. The one at the top of the stairs says there's great rejoicing with just one. Not condemnation. You see, that's how a lot of people view this heavenly Father, that he sees you in the pit of despair and great loss, and he heaps upon you condemnation. See what you did? See your choices, what they brought you? That's not in the story. Not condemnation, but rejoicing on this stairway to heaven. It's called the lost son stairway because this one goes up. That's why I agree with Henry Blackaby. Years ago, I read something he said. He said he believed repentance to be one of the most beautiful words in all the Bible. Repentance is that place at the bottom of the stairway. Listen carefully. Repentance is that place at the bottom of the pit that opens up a way opens up a way, a way for you to go home, a way to you turn around and go to the Father. Repentance opens that way. Jesus is the one that opened up the stairway that leads us home to the Father. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says this, and a lot of people still, they read it and they don't get it. Jesus told them, I am the way. 
I am the truth and I am the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. You can't get out of this pit. You can't get out of this grave. You can't climb those steps toward God except through Jesus. As I read this next session, section, can you see how wonderful repentance is? This is freedom from the pit of despair. This is freedom from great loss. This is freedom from the grave itself. Verse 20. <clears throat> so, this lost son, he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Can you see the repentant heart? He's not making excuses. He's not rationalizing why. He's broken. He's been to the pit of despair and great loss. I'm not worthy. The son is repenting. Listen, this is the, this is the part that really stirs my heart. The son is repentant and the father is kissing. What a contrast. The son is repenting and the father is kissing him. My mind can't hardly grasp this saint. The son has wasted everything the Father gave him. And yet, in repentance, in his brokenness, there's not condemnation. In his repentance and his brokenness, the Father's kissing, kissing, kissing. These new steps are upward. And they look hard. I'm going to tell you, when you're in the pit and you see those steps that now go up, they look hard. But there is a supernatural power that lifts a person up toward God the Father. You see, you can walk into the pit by yourself, but you will not walk to the Father. You will not return to the Father by yourself. Jesus comes to the pit, meets you, and escorts you to the Father. It's supernatural. It's, no one can go to the Father except through him. It's his power, the supernatural power. The Son is the supernatural power that lifts a person up from those, up from the pit into the presence of the Father. Do you remember what Jacob said in the Old Testament? Surely God is in this place, and I did not realize it. He calls us from the top of the stairway. He calls us. His voice reaches down into the pit of despair. Luke 15 22. Let's keep going with the story. But his father says to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Then kill the calf. Kill the calf that we've been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast. For this son of mine was dead, and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. You see any condemnation? You see any, I told you so? You see any, if you'd have just listened to me in the first place? No. You know what I see? The finest robe, a beautiful ring, new shoes for your sore feet. You're not a servant, you're my son. 
You're not alone. You're in the family again. This is the resurrection. Listen, this is the resurrection of the dead. Out of the pit. Out of the grave. This is when the angels in heaven rejoiced. The lost sheep, the lost coin has been found. The angels on the stairway of God sing because the dead are now alive and out of the pit. The lost are now found and now back with the Father. All alone is now with family. The pit of despair has been replaced with ribeyes and the celebration. Kill the fatted calf. Do you remember God's word to Jacob? Can you see the connection to this Jesus scene? I want to go back and read one more time Genesis 28, verse 12. God's word to Jacob. He saw all this in advance. Verse 12, as he slept, Jacob dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you, and I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth, and they will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth. And that's us today. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. And what's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I've finished giving you everything I promised you. And then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Let me make one big and final point today as we close. We are all alone and in the pit of despair and great loss without Jesus. There is no hope or life without Jesus. Only a pit of great despair and loss. The grave is great loss. Maybe you have wealth and health and all you need today, but if you don't have Jesus, you will find absolute loneliness, despair, and great loss one day unless you find your way home to the Father. Jesus meets us in that pit of despair and great loss. When we come to our senses and we turn toward God the Father, as Jesus lifts us out of the pit and escorts us back into the presence of God the Father. Repentance is to turn and face God and accept His Son Jesus as the power, the only power that can get us out of the pit as we turn and take that step toward God, God runs toward us. Every promise of God the Father is yours today through faith in Jesus Christ the Son, the one that told you and I this beautiful story of the lost son. Faith in Jesus makes you 
his brother. And when Jesus becomes your brother, his father is your father. One last scripture, Hebrews 2 verse 11. So now, Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. Do you see it? Now, Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That's why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and his sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters, and I will praise you among the assembled people. He said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given to me. Now, you know about the lost son stairway. So we're going to have a time in which I challenge you. Chad's going to come up and sing an invitation song. And I know you're scattered around. There's thousands of people hearing this message today. And I challenge you to understand without Jesus, you're in a pit of despair and great loss. And the grave is that pit. And unless you find a way out of this pit, you will find yourself all alone one day in this pit, unable to get back to the Father. It is the supernatural work of God through Jesus the Son that takes us out of the pit. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's called repentance. It's a beautiful word. Tell God, Lord, he already knows, I have sinned against you, Father. I am not worthy to be called your son. And while the son was repenting and broken, the father was kissing him. And the angels on the stairway rejoiced. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that your Holy Spirit will open our eyes to see reality, that without you, we're going to die in a pit all alone. And we'll never recover and never find our way to the blessed Father. But Jesus comes to this pit of despair. The cross was where we meet him in this pit of despair. And he escorts us into the presence of the Father. Father, today, today, would you open our eyes to see all of us, our ears to hear and our hearts to receive, believe, and obey. In Jesus' name, and amen.